Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. So December this year, we've got four Sundays that we're leading up into Christmas, and we're focusing on four themes. So we're focusing on hope, peace, joy, and love. How good is that, hey? Great lead up to Christmas. So today, I get to share on hope. Are you ready? Come on. My headset keeps sliding off because of my big head. Sorry about that. I, like, I call it the Britney Spears mic. I love it. It's the only time I can be a diva. Um, okay, so let me just preface, um, preface this at the start, okay? This isn't your typical hope message. If you've been in church a, whole, a long time, this is an encouraging message, yes, but I do hope today that you feel like you are strengthened, okay? So give me grace when I'm tough, okay? But I really hope, because I'm actually preaching to myself, but it's a revelation I really feel like is going to help us in the season we are in. I actually believe it's a now message for the time, the location, the season we find ourselves as people here today. Pastor Shane Willard says this, a good message isn't supposed to be agreed with or disagreed with. It's supposed to be, does anyone know this one? Wrestled with, okay? Wrestled with. And you know what? Highway Gilston, and this is not me as a preacher just trying to make you guys feel good, is the best place to preach to, honestly. The, the, like, honest, right, you can go anywhere, and the response that you give me, okay, so please don't be quiet this morning. Make sure you shout me down, Esther. I look at you. She always does. Um, okay, make sure that you're loud, you're listening, you're ready. You got your Bibles? Awesome. Also, how amazing was that this morning? Dad, that was, if you don't know, sorry, Pastor David is my father. Um, and that baptism was beautiful, really beautiful. Okay, so my message today is, you're my only hope. Anyone into Star Wars? No, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Okay, don't worry, didn't really go down as good as I thought, so um, that's me done, I'll, I better, I'll go, no. Yeah, that's right, different demographic. Our only hope. Our only hope. If you have your Bible with you, please open up to 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. I'm going to read it this morning. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. We've sung about that all morning. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray that it'll go out, Lord, into hearts ready. And Lord God, I pray that not one of us would leave this place the same, that we would be encouraged, Lord, we would be strengthened. But God, I pray that we'd be ready for our Mondays, Lord, to influence our society, our city, our spheres, and Lord, I pray as we lead into Christmas, we will remember that the hope is found in you. So hope, hope, 
okay, hope is an optimistic state of mind. As we understand, it's being positive around outcomes, around things that are happening in our world, circumstances, the world at large, okay? If you think of it as a verb, it's to expect with confidence. To expect with confidence. And I think it's important for me this morning is to really determine for us which type of hope we're talking about, okay? We can understand in this season, Christmas, right? We understand the wishful type of hope, okay? Wishful, like I wish that every time the Wallabies play their All Blacks, they're going to win, all right? I wish that Daniel Ricciardo would win a world championship this year, okay? That's wishful. Some of you don't even know what F1 I'm talking about, but salvation will come. I got saved from that, or to that, a little while ago. It's amazing. Sorry, take that out of the recording. All right, let's keep going. So, um, leading to Christmas, okay, we can think about the things that we wish we hope for, okay? Like, I wish that Christmas time I'm going to get a new surfboard. Anyone else think that? Yeah? Like, it's only small things. Like, I wish for Christmas that I would get a Land Cruiser 79 series brand new, right? Doesn't that sound great? Or, you know, maybe just a four-wheel drive in general, or maybe a MacBook Pro. Um, don't you find it's when you get older, you just want bigger things, right? They all just cost more, right? That's a wishful type of hope. If we think about it, it doesn't really matter if that happens or if it doesn't. It's not going to change my life if I receive that thing which I hope for or not, right? It, in the grand scheme of things, it would be nice, but it doesn't really matter, okay? But then there's another type of hope. This type of hope is what I want to focus on this morning. The hope I am referring to today is the real type of hope, the only hope. We celebrate it now in this season. Hope has come. Hope has come. A real and present hope. A hope that was born in Bethlehem in a manger. Amen? A hope that restored God's kingdom to its original intention. A hope that is fully God and fully man. Peter calls it a living hope. 1 Peter 1.3, and a great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, a hope that is called Jesus. Jesus is hope. Now, right now, you're probably saying, Caleb, this sounds like a pretty normal hope message. Um, nothing's really different here, but let me just get to it, okay? It's easy to have that type of hope. Christmas hope, the Santa type of hope. If I want it, I can get it. I walk into the room and I'm hungry for it, awesome. I hope, I hope. But then it says in Romans 8.24, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. What this verse is saying, when you have everything, when everything is going good, <laughs> It's easy to think you have hope. But to only know this type of hope, church, the type of hope I'm talking about this morning, the kind of hope you need when your world is crashing down. 
The kind of hope you need when there is nowhere to turn. The kind of hope you need when all feels lost. The kind of hope you need when you feel like you are down to nothing and you need something to save you. The kind of hope you need when everything around you feels like it's tight and crashing around you. The hope that is real. This is the hope that I'm talking to you about this morning. A real hope. The only way to know the strength of the hope we profess. In this room, many of you profess the hope that is found in Jesus. We profess it. We hope we have it. But the only way to learn, the only real hope is the hard way. The hard way. Not when we have everything together. Not when life is good and sweet. But hope that is seen is no hope at all who hopes for what he already has. Number one, my point today is we must learn hope the hard way. We must learn hope the hard way. It says there in that 1 Peter verse, chapter 1, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may rest, result, sorry, in praise and glory and honor. In my maturity and growing, and I'm still young, but my years, I'm finding my doctrine and my understanding, my belief in God is changing quite a lot. Over the last 10 years and the way I think God moves and the God speaks and God talks and the God acts that we know has changed. And I'm maturing in that. And I'm maturing from, first of all, my own experiences. And I'm maturing, yes, in my understanding and my digging and my pulling apart of God's word. I used to say things like, if it falls into place, if it feels good, then it's God. If you have peace, that's God. If you feel joy in it, that's God. If doors are opening, that's God. (laughs) But I know this to be true. Hard doesn't mean it's not God. Hard doesn't mean it's not God. John 16, 33 says this, I have told you, (laughs) hold this, that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Do you know, church, that God likes to do things the hard way? Pastor Caleb, you can't say that. This is Sunday morning. But God likes to do things the hard way, right? Me this morning, I'm a man, right? Blemished, not perfect, right? And God is continually refining me to become more like Christ. That is what we are here to do, church. So he puts me through situations and trials that will refine me. God likes to come into hard situations and meet you wherever you're at. But bring hope. Bring real hope. Throughout God's Word in the Bible, we see this time and time again. Think about Abraham. Abraham was given a word from God. God spoke to him. He would have children, as many as the stars in the sky, that he would have the promised land 
we understand this amazing word that God gave him. <laughs> Easy would be next week, Sarah falls pregnant, right? The promised land's just over there. They walk a couple of days later, they're there. Baby's coming, right? Somehow back then, 2,000 years ago or so, that there's a hospital pops up and they have a baby with medical intervention. Um, but water birth. <laughs> Wouldn't it be easy if that was the case? 25 years he waited for that promise to come true, right? Think about Moses. Moses gets a word from God. Burning bush happens in front of him. Burning bush. God literally speaks to him, right? You're going to go and free my people from Pharaoh. Let's say he walks up to Pharaoh and goes, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, yes take them and leave. No. Right? No. God does things the hard way. We can see throughout Scripture, David, Samuel walks up to David and goes, you're going to be king, I anoint you, you are ready. Okay, he gets to a certain point of maturity, and then one day Saul takes off his crown, walks up and places on David's head and says, go for it, mate, have a great time. Right? No, he goes through trial, he goes through giants, he goes through valleys, he goes through pushed into trace. Church, we've got to understand this this morning, that as much as this sounds hard, that God does things the hard way. There are countless amount of stories throughout history and in the Bible where we see this over and over and over and over again. Promises, God gives freely. They sound amazing. But church, for the hope we profess, the promises that we keep, are you ready? Are you ready for what it takes to get there? Are you ready for what is going to happen in the moments and times to come before you receive the incredible, great, fruitful hope that God has for you, church? Hope doesn't come from easy. Look at the way Jesus was born. He is the Son of Man. He is born to a mother who's not even married, right? Wouldn't it have just been easier if they were married a couple of days before she fell pregnant? Right? Wouldn't it have been easier? Like, I've had two children, all right? Riding a donkey all the way to Bethlehem is going to be pretty brutal when you're pretty heavily pregnant, right? You would be hoping that you're going to turn up to the Ritz with a comfy bed and a shower. No, right? They rock up to a, to a stable with a manger right? And then after that, yes, we have shepherds come. Yes, we have amazing people come and celebrate Jesus. Yes, all these things. Yet he has to go to Egypt and hide for years before he can even start to step out and live a normal life. Even the hope we profess, Jesus, the one who came and died for you and me, had to go through the hard things in life. Trials, church. Maybe God is showing us something here. Think about this. The author of Hebrews talks about hope. It says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope is an anchor, church. Hope is an anchor. I don't know if many of you have seen an anchor before. Now, the idea with an anchor, you throw an anchor out in the water, and the anchor itself gets stuck into the sand or the ground it's in. And great, we throw the anchor in. If hope is an anchor, yep, I hope in it. 
But as you would understand in this illustration, that the only way to know if an anchor is secure, the only way to know if the rope is strong enough, the only way to know that when the storm comes, the anchor is going to hold you, is to go through the seasons of storms, church. The only way to know if the anchor is strong enough to hold you through every situation and storm that you're going to about, the swells, the wind, the tides, everything that's going to come, the only way you know the anchor is going to hold you is through the storm. The hope we profess this morning is like an anchor for the soul. But the only way we know that this hope will hold us through the hardest seasons, through the hardest storms, through the hardest trials is for us to go through them. It sounds great when we say we've got a hope in you, Jesus. I trust you, God. Whatever happens, I'm with you, I'm for you. And then the storms come and we go, God, where are you? What are you doing? How, how is this happening to me? Right? Human nature every time. We somehow think that God doesn't do things the hard way. Church, can I remind you that the anchor is there, right? It is strong enough for every storm, every battle, every season, every moment, anything you're going to go through, the anchor is there. And it's up to you. Okay, God, I believe in you. I trust in you. I hope in you. But God, today, through the storms of life, I pray, church, that your anchor is strong. Your anchor isn't just floating. Your anchor isn't being dragged around left to right through every storm and every situation. Church, I believe that the storms you are facing, right, are there for a reason. They're there for a reason, and that's hard to say. It's hard to say. The only way you know the strength of the anchor is to test it. Number two. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not fruitful. I could look around this room and every single person in this room, I could say the last two years has probably been the hardest, if not the hardest. Would that be correct? I know for me personally, it has been probably the hardest season of my life. It's been difficult. If we all take a moment to look back into our past, into seasons of life, you know, and we look back and we go, okay, God, I can see that those times were tough. But I would say the majority of this room could confidently say, looking back, that yes, they were hard, those seasons. Yes, those times in life were brutal. But they were fruitful. They were fruitful. We know that from the hardest situations and seasons, (laughs) the greatest storms we face are the moments where we learn the most. (laughs) Someday you will look back and know exactly why these things had to happen. Can I remind you that? Someday you will look back and know exactly why it had to happen. But it's really important that we focus on the fruit, not just the storm. Right? Human nature, we can focus on the bad things, the things that we deal with that are really tough and hard, yet we can forget the fruit of what came out of that time. And what came out of that season? You know, I don't want to make this too heavy, but I'll throw a funny story in there. You know, growing up, and any of you guys had cars, right? Your first car. Now, I would say that I have a good knowledge about most things, okay? I enjoy using my hands, building, mechanical. Dad's taught us things over the years, all right? I had this car, okay? And this car, I drove, 
and I didn't look after, all right? Anyone else had a car like that that you drove that you didn't look after? Jaden, yep, I see that hand, yep. Okay, that was me, okay? I had a car I didn't look after, and I, I barely checked anything going on in that engine, all right? And one day, me and my sister, we thought it'd be great just to go for a drive and go have breakfast and eat brekkie and have a good day, and then we'll just drive home and take it easy, all right? I was a Bible college student. I was just sitting there in the glory of God, just, you know, worshiping every second of every day, right? And we're driving back, and then suddenly that light turns on. Suddenly that engine starts cutting out. And I'm on the side of the road, and I'm sitting there going, what is happening? I look around everything. I did have an understanding of what, and I find out, yes, there's no water, nothing in the radiator, okay? I'm like, okay, so this means my car could overheat, right? So I run across the road, grab the biggest jug of water I can, pour the whole thing in, right? Drive it another kilometer, engine stops again. Go have a look at it. Yep. Definitely, water's run out again. Okay, so there must be a hole. I'm just going to keep buying bottles of water, and I'm going to make my way all the way home, right? I keep going, I keep going, keep going. And then suddenly, right, I stopped one of the last times, and amazing, God turns up, right, in an RACQ van. Now, I was 18. I did not pay for any special insurance. Roadside assist, who's got money for that, right? I did not pay for roadside assistance. Who, why would I need that? My car works fine, right? So, but suddenly this guy just pulls over and he's like, hey, do you need a hand? I'm like, mate, I don't have any roadside. He's like, that's right, you know. So he looks, he fills it up and goes, okay, drive it home. Now make sure when you get home, okay, you're going to have to get a mechanic, someone to have a proper look at it. I get home, and it drives home fast. I don't know what happened, but I don't know, whatever, somehow that thing got home easy. I get home, and I'm like, it's healed. <laughs> it's good. My girlfriend calls me, which is my wife at the moment. Nah, right now, okay. My beautiful wife. I say that because she hates me using stories about her on, I'm sorry, I promise you I wasn't trying to go there, okay. It's... Uh, preachers say okay so she calls me and she goes hey you want to come up for dinner tonight I'm like yeah why not I'm going to drive from Oxenford all the way up to Logan easy right start my car drive there gets there fine awesome we have a great night we leave you know I hop in the car start driving home I've blown the head gasket right completely cooked it it is cooked right? Have to call my brother. That kind of thing comes through, okay? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I've got to go to work tomorrow. I, I've got, how am I going to live? What's going to happen? I, I've got to make money. I've got to get to college. I've got to get to church. I've got to do all these things and my car's dead and I've got zero savings as every 17-year-old has, right? And so I'm like, what am I going to do? And so I'm in this place where I go, man, why did I go out tonight, Right? In that time, in that season, I had no idea. Now, I've got a new car now. Let me tell you, I've got every bit of insurance. I've got roadside. That thing gets serviced whenever that service time comes. I learnt from that situation. Yes, it was tough. I had no car for like six months, by the way, and I had to finally make money. But that season taught me to actually look after what I had. Yes, it was tough. Yes, this seems jovial, but this is the way it works, church, that when we go through seasons of times of trouble and trial and hard times, that hopefully we don't just focus on, yes, it was bad, but we focused on what was fruitful from it. 
if I just continued every car from now on never looking after it, never checking it, and it keeps blowing up and blowing head gaskets, hell, left, right, and center, I am not learning because I am not being fruitful with what I learned from that season, church. We go through hard times and struggle so that through them we grow, that we move forward. Maybe they're dreams and promises from God, and they feel like they're getting further away. Will we choose fruitful over easy? We must trust God that we're being prepared for the future and promises He has for us. Remember, it's easy to think we have the hope and everything is going well, but when trials come, what happens when hard situations you're going through don't change? COVID. We thought 2021, that was done. What happens when things are actually getting harder? What happens when the things actually don't even go the way you wanted them to? Will hope remain? This doesn't mean in the midst of these times you can't find peace. Doesn't mean in the midst of those seasons and hard times you can't find joy. It doesn't mean in the midst of those times you can't find comfort in Jesus. Church, this season hasn't been easy, but I can tell you it has been fruitful. And God is up to something. God is doing something. When you're going and you're down to nothing, God is up to something. He loves to come to hard situations and bring hope. So every situation that you come against, any hard moment, any hard trial, any storm that comes against you, church, know that when those times come, you know God will come through. He will. The hope we profess is like an anchor that is stronger than anything else of this world, that we know that He will always come through, even when we forget, which we do. Every hard situation comes. God, how is this happening to me? This kind of thing has never happened to me before. Yet we're still going. Those seasons, you can all remember back with those trials and hard times, things you had to deal with. And we forget so easily that He always comes through. Always. When you are down to nothing, He is up to something. The last one here is, we are strong enough to face it all. There is hope. Can I encourage you? That yes, in hard times, there is hope. On the first Sunday of December leading into Christmas, church, I want to encourage you that God is up to something. In your life, there is hope. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going to face, church, there is hope. You know, you read through Hebrews 11 in your own time. I encourage you to do that this week. And Hebrews 11 talks about these incredible people who are in God's Word. And they go through trials and situations and hard times. And even talks in Hebrews that they don't even receive the promise that God gave them. Yet that promise is received by generations past that come before. But see, God is doing something bigger than just me, than just you. In your children, in our church, in our season of life and the situations and people we are connected to, church, God has a big, major plan that we may not understand or we may not not know, right? Yet hope needs to remain. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Church, there is always something good coming. Remember that, that the hard times come, yet hope is strong. If that was anything that I want to share with you today, is that you can be strong, that when hard seasons come, and they will, 
that your hope isn't floating, but your hope is strong and connected and is ready. I may be young, I stand here, young man, and I know that there may be hard times ahead. Sorry, there will be hard times ahead. But I believe and I hope that the hope that I profess will remain, that it will be strong. Can I encourage you with this last verse? Mark, if you'd like to come, and team. Hebrews 10, chapter 19 to 25. And I've actually been, funny enough, we did a worship service at Ormo with the young adults a couple of weeks ago, and this is the same verse, and I feel like I've just been reading this over and over again, and I hope this encourages you this morning. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, well, that's what we've been singing about this morning, by a new and living way opened for us, through the curtain that is his body. And since we have great, a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and church with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for who promised is faithful let us consider how we may spur one another on in this community in this church the person sitting beside you today together as some of them in the habit of doing but encouraging one another that's right not giving up in meeting but encouraging one another all the more as the day approaches church I encourage you today that yes, God does things the hard way. But your hope and the hope, the only hope, the one true hope is strong enough for the seasons that you're gonna face. Can I pray for you? God, this morning, I pray, Lord, as we stand and we humble ourselves before you, Jesus, God, we honor you and we thank you for the sacrifice you gave as we lead up to Christmas and we celebrate that hope has come. Hope has come. And Lord, I pray that this hope that we profess would be an anchor for our souls. That Lord, every trial, every situation, Lord, everything we come against in this season, Lord God, and seasons to come, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us daily, Lord, to turn to you, to choose to be covered by your blood daily. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would have the strength, Lord, to know that he who promised is faithful, that you are always there, that you always have a plan. So Lord, we turn our eyes to you this morning, the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, I pray that you would fill us with hope again, hope afresh. Lord, for the promises, Lord, that you have placed upon our hearts, upon our church, upon our community, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the hope we profess will come to pass. And Lord Jesus, that the strength, Lord God, that you have placed inside of us would rise up again. And Lord, that everything that comes against us, Lord, that we would turn to you, not to ourselves, not to other people, not to other things, but Lord, we would only look to you, Jesus. We love you, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church.